Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey, good afternoon from uh, Freight Alley. Wednesday afternoon from Freight Alley, where schools let out. We're early. about to get some weather here. And if we're you're in Chattanooga, to. you probably got the calls from uh, local schools shutting yeah. down two hours early. I don't see anything happening here. It's a little cloudy. It's a little cloudy, but. You know what I did, though? Not letting the weather get in the way. I booked my tickets to the future of supply chain in Northwest Arkansas just yesterday. Yeah, I did the same thing after you notified me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a new system. It was a little tricky. But it was quick. Once you figure out how it worked, right? Oh, it was great. It's actually a great system. I can't wait to get back to events. I hope we see you all there. It's a premier event in Freight Tech. What do we got going on? There's going to be demos, right? Live demos oh, to dazzle you. What the truck on the live stage to frazzle you. We got all sorts of keynote speakers. Plus, everyone's getting back together. We're getting the band back together. Going to have that live set. We're going to have the big stage. It's going to be a good time. TIA is going on right now. I know you said you were a little bit jealous. But, but uh, just seeing everybody saying, hey, and seeing everybody stuff like that you know and, sure. and, and familiar places you see these things that we were saying earlier you see these pictures like i remember being there i remember there. it'll be nice to be back i you know although i saw another conference going on john Con- captain john conrad a g captain and oh, yeah. sal yeah they're over at the airspace expo yeah National that'd Harvard. be cool to hang out with those I guys kind of a space nerd. You're a nerd. If you didn't you're, know that. you're a space nerd. Well, we got a lot going on today, right? We're hitting on a home goods supply chain. We got unusual freight. We got what the data is saying about demand. More logistics banding together to support Ukraine. Mental health and the latest news in markets. Special guest, Chad Carlton, CEO at Everything Kitchens. Jagan Reddy, co-founder of Semicab. We got Stephen Tittle, owner-operator at Gateway OT. And uh, coming up right after we tip the band will be Fraser Kinsley over at Kinsley Partners. But... Right. Shout out to the sponsors here. Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall if you are ready to seize it. Start re-engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions immediately after the show. By the way, go to live.freightwaves.net to get those tickets to Northwest Arkansas. We'll see you there. $15.95, bro. $15.95. Meantime, it's Fraser Kinsey sitting right here. I see him in the green room. Fraser, thanks for taking some time out of your day this early afternoon with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on is we've been highlighting what logistics companies have been doing over in Ukraine. I saw on LinkedIn you posted a couple of pictures that actually we have here of some of the supplies you sent over to Poland. Talk a little bit about this project and why you put it together. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so, you know, I'm sure everyone's kind of aware of what's going on. Um, you know, just kind of saw really what was happening over there and you know, I'm kind of in this weird uh, straddle position with CPG and supply chain, which is, you know, product based and logistics based. So it's like, all right, great. Let's put these two networks together and see what we can get going here. Um, so that was about a month ago. Uh, since then, we've raised a little over a million dollars worth of product donations. Um, and are probably about half of that in um, logistics and services uh, donations as well. So just been really great to see everyone come together, um, you know, again, both on the supply chain and CPG side. Uh, to, to really get some critical aid over to uh, the place that really need it most right now. It's really interesting. And the one picture that I saw in there that kind of struck me because we haven't seen it yet is the guy playing, playing the, the, the piano, piano yeah. which was interesting because you, you got to be thinking about this. They need the food. They need They need all these supplies there. But some sense of normalcy or just a, a chance to give a smile or something like that is something to donate as well way. through that type of stuff, right? Absolutely. So, t- so how has this all come together? Right? You recently posted that you've raised over a, a million dollars. What's the response been? What has been sent over there so far? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really just been kind of word of mouth. Uh, I, I've been telling everyone, you know, I'm I'm frankly uh, do, doing the least here. I'm just kind of you know connecting the dots. Um, you know, everyone's really kind of come together. Um, you know, corporations, private donors. Um, you know, again, just monetary stuff, physical products. Um, and, and you know, just working with some some great companies in supply chain. Uh, Shipbob for one, um, letting, letting us use their facility over in Poland. Uh, Geotis uh, has been great on the freight forwarding side, and then obviously, you know, my my old team over at Hook Logistics and uh, team at Outer Space as well. So it's just been kind of great to really connect the dots. I mean, everyone, uh, you know, has, has always said, you know, in a time like this, you know, we want to be in a position to help. Um, and everyone's really stepped up to the plate. So um, you know, it's just been great to see it. Uh, you know, really on, on all fronts. Yeah, hopefully it stays and people it keeps in their mind and they don't forget and they keep sending this stuff. What what's the ratio there? Is there a need more for commodities, the for for goods that to be sent over there, or is it actual like you say, if you can donate freight like capacity over which one's more critical or just both in need money. right now? Yeah. Just money. Yeah, I, I would I would say both, frankly. Um, and, and, you know, it's not necessarily funny, I'd say, but it, it's just interesting to see because, you know, we're, we're dealing with the same supply chain constraints that we've been seeing for the past mm-hmm. two years. And you add on that layer of complexity, you know, shipping stuff into a war zone. So, um, you know, r- really both, I'd say. Um, I think expertise is also needed, too. Um, you know, again, I like to tell myself I'm a know-it-all, but there's definitely things I don't know. So, um, you know, again, just I think both services, goods, expertise, you know, r- really anything helps. Um, and that's a lot of what we've seen thus far. Um, and I think that's why we've been effective. So, yeah, I, I think as much as we've seen, just, you know, keep piling on and, you know, we'll, we'll get it over there. In terms of goods, what, what are you looking for to collect? Um, yeah, so a lot, a lot obviously, on, on the medical side, um, you know, just, you know, basic trauma care, gauze, hemostatic dressings, tourniquets, stuff like that. Um, and again, a lot of this is really just for civilian use. And unfortunately, that's that's the case. Um, you know, but things like, uh, you know, non-perishables, um, you know, we had a request actually for electrolyte powder, um, which is an interesting one. So um, really anything but I'd say like just T-shirts and shorts. Um, I think, you know, clothing is actually fairly well stocked over there, um, you know, like sleeping bags, um, you know, just for people in, in refugee shelters and stuff like that. So, um, you know, really everything but I'd say basic apparel uh, is probably fair game. Okay, because gotcha. I have a bunch of freight shirts I could have I could have sent them just just sitting around in the uh, <laughs> the closet. Or the people who do want to donate Fraser, where do they go to get involved with what you've put together here? Yeah, so it, it's been kind of moving fast and, and fairly grassroots. So I've just been having people reach out to me directly. But we're in the process of putting together kind of like a landing page of sorts uh, that directs people to where to go. So um, you know, in the meantime, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, my email address is just my first name at kinsleypartners.com if you're interested. Uh, but I'll, I'll look to get some stuff out there, and I'll definitely share it with uh, with the folks over at Freight Waves as well, and um, to kind of disperse the information too, if you guys are up for it. Hey, before we yeah, let absolutely. you go too, we know you mentioned CPG, right? Um, we have been looking at a few things in freight, and I'm just wondering if you're seeing anything similar. We've been looking at sort of the downturn in the trucking market. We've been looking at all the factors that have been playing that uh, fuel. We've seen the logistics managers index. We've seen the stocks get downgraded on trucking. What are you seeing on your end, at least in the CPG space? I, are, have they been hit with too, with a, too much inventory? Yeah, it, it's it's funny because I think we actually, it's interesting. Last time I was on with you guys, we were talking about the same scenario, and, and I really think it's, it's playing out. And I don't think it's been a surprise to anybody, but um, you know, things are very seasonal, right? Like, you know, things need to get planned for, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 months in advance, um, you know, for, for those next season launches. So, and you, know, you think about the stuff that, that, that there are hot summer products, air conditioners, uh, grills, um, you know, or anything really outdoors. 
Um, if that stuff's not in yet, uh, it's going to be a problem. And I think we're seeing that coming off of Black Friday that we're having a lot of uh, you know brands that have a ton of inventory on hand still because it was just delayed uh, coming off that holiday season. So you know, I, I think there's a lot of inventory on hand. Um, I think right now it's going to be really interesting to see how this time plays out because generally speaking, this is like the planning period um, to get stuff going for CPG brands. So it'll be really interesting to see how um, you know this this late spring, early summer season plays out for CPG brands. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. You know, hey, listen, on the back of the bet, wheel of stupid questions is the wheel of good questions. True. Spin it once. Yeah, spin it. Go for it All today. Right. We'll mix it up a little bit because he's doing good. He's doing he good. He's doing good. So we'll relief. Good he's question. helping those All right, here goes. shippers. Here it is, my friend. What is a severely out of date technology you're still forced to use on a regular basis? Oh, gosh. Oh, we're talking about freight, guys. I see people with fax machine, machines still. But I'm going to say Excel is probably one of those ones. Um, I think we're moving, we're moving away from fax machines, but there's still some companies that got them. Uh, but I, I'd say Excel spreadsheets are like my number one. Has anybody yeah. ever faxed you an Excel spreadsheet? Oof. No, man. That, that actually, but I have been sent like an, an like an analog handwritten packing list, which was really interesting. I was like, you guys know that there's programs for this, right? Yeah. Well, if you ever get a photocopy of an ass, it's probably this gentleman. Right <laughs> <laughs> Fraser, hey, Fraser, thanks so much for your time. One more time, people want to connect with you. They want to help with Ukraine. They need CPG help. Where do we send them? Yeah, definitely. So it's just my first name, Fraser at kinsleypartners.com, uh, just my last name. Um, and then, like I said, I'll, I'll get some stuff out on LinkedIn. We're working on a landing page right now. Um, so I'll, I'll be sure to kind of get that up on my page. But I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I'm active on Twitter. It's just my name, Fraser Kinsley. Um, so yeah, for, feel free to follow along there. I'm definitely posting updates pretty consistently. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, okay, guys. Let's Let's say you have a shipment out there. Let's say you got a big bulky shipment. You got something you don't know how to ship it. Your regular 3PLs don't want to touch it. You get some Ooh. interesting freight. Okay. Well, I got the man for your heart. It's Steven Title. He is the owner-operator at Gateway OT, and they specialize in this stuff. He's always posting online about the unique moves they're doing. He's moving he weird freight. He's doing interesting door moves. Not your typical kind of, you know, FAK kind of stuff. He's here with us now. Steven, thanks for spending some time with us today. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? What's happening, brother? Where are you hanging out today? Well, I'm actually in Seattle, Washington right now. Um... We have a facility up here, and we have some interesting uh, deliveries and installations up here. So I happen to be up here uh, trying to support those clients, you know, so um, wow. pretty interesting. Hey, uh, I appreciate you having me follow the guy who raised a million dollars, you know, for the Ukraine. <laughs> uh, you know, what have you done lately? You know, kind of thing. But um, uh, it, it, it's all good. I mean, uh, you know, we... We do get a lot of interesting freight, um, a lot of things that are final mile. I know I've been on the show before talking about, um, you know, the stuff we pick up and package. Um, yeah, but nobody watched that episode, pack. Stephen. Let's just start anew. Let's start anew. Let's start fresh. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what's, hey, what's, the, uh, what's the elevator pitch on Gateway? Oh, ba basically, um, I, I'm partners in three different kind of uh, logistics companies that kind of can provide a full suite of logistics solutions. So not only the first mile, which is mainly what we've talked about, you know, picking things up that's raw, that uh, nobody has packaging for and packaging and shipping. But we also do a lot of final mile, uh, you know, delivery kind of projects across the U.S., which is why I travel so much. Um, but, you know, back to what we were talking about in terms of, uh, you know, interesting things that we pick up and package. You know, we do stuff for Amazon and Intel and, you know, larger companies who obviously ship a lot of stuff and they're really good. They have, you know, 100 3PLs they work with and they know how to move freight. But, 
if you're producing widgets or packages or boxes and it's the same commodity or it's a little different, but it's standard shipment, that's something. But these guys call us because they have a machine that's produced this microchip for the last five years, but they're going to upgrade to a new machine. And the older machine uh, we sold to another company or it's going to get transferred overseas or it's going here or going there. Then they call somebody like us and say, hey, we've got this, you know, 2000 pound microchip machine that needs to be um, taken somewhere else. We need it, uh, you know, picked up, uh, have the right material equipment to pick that up, um, to properly create it, block and brace it, uh, maybe wrap it a certain way if it's going overseas and then get it to its customers. So they'll, they'll outsource to us for a, an entire package to get that done for them. Wow. Okay. So you guys are doing not only the movement of the, of the, uh, the things, but the actual designing and engineering of the, of the packages. Yeah, that's correct. So um, cool. we, we do a little, it's a little bit different too. So we'll, we'll design the packaging that's going to happen for that one-off machine, or maybe they have six or seven, or, you know, we've had uh, entire companies move and go, Hey, we need all of our manufacturing equipment put in these 10 containers and blocked and braced and, and shipped over, you know, we're, we're uh, having a new facility in Italy, uh, you know, for example. So we need somebody to come in and, and specially package everything. So the commodities could be totally different. You could have a machine, then they have uh, file boxes uh, full of paperwork, or they have the plans on how to build the certain item. Well, hey, Stephen, um, Stephen, we have uh, we have some examples. Let's get, let's give the audience some some yeah. meat on this plate. Let's show them let's show them what we're talking about here. For example, the first one I think we're going to look at yeah. is 17th century Japanese folding wall art. Not the easiest thing to move. Probably means a lot to somebody. Probably expensive. How do you move something like that? Yeah, so I mean, th- they had a moving company coming to their house to actually do this, but they had s- specific prints that they were like, hey, listen, we want. A professional company who knows what kind of paper to use, how to wrap it, put it in a full crate. So even if these movers drop it off the back of the truck, I don't want something to happen to it. Right. So this is more of a residential thing, a specialty item. You know, it's from the 17th century. I mean, you can see she had tons of boxes that she'd already packed, but she wanted these specifically in a wood crate that, you know, even like I said, even if a a mover picked that up with a hand truck and it dropped, the items inside aren't going to be affected at all. Yeah, so high value personal type of stuff. We also got uh, what yeah. do we have here? CO two machinery for a for a micro brewers, right? right? Near and dear yeah, to my we, heart. We I hope you didn't damage that. Yeah, we he called me yesterday. We have another one, but he he makes custom CO two machines for micro breweries, and they have all kinds of pipes and and different you know things that tank actually sits on there is not secured. Um, it, it can actually move. So there's some things that we have to do with blocking and bracing that type of machine inside of a crate. And you got to remember, if we we give this to an LTL company, one side's going to be a little heavier than the other. Mm. So you have to think which way your pallet needs to, uh, you know, your entry for your pallet needs to be in that specific crate, right? So we build the crate with a palletized bottom, and then we always have to think of what that orientation for that should be so that the LTL carrier, whoever's handling this specific crate, uh, you know, they're not going to have any difficulties moving it. What about something like this one-of-a-kind FanDuel Fantasy Football Championship trophy? This will mean so much to the winner and obviously so much to FanDuel as well. They want pictures of the winner holding this. It can't come broken, right? That would be bad for FanDuel. How about something like that? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I did my fantasy baseball draft last night um, uh, from my hotel room, and I, I – you know, I wish I could win something like this, you know, <laughs> and my fantasy league, I wish I could win something like this. But, yeah, this is a, a you know, a trophy that went to uh, the winner of, the uh, you know, the, the top 
uh, tier fantasy league uh, for FanDuel. And, and that's a pretty tall, big trophy. And they were like, yeah, you know, we're on the West Coast where we make these, but the winner is on the East Coast and it needs to get there. So, again, they contract with us. Hey, make sure you package this correctly. Put it in a crate. Get some foam on it. Make sure when the customer get you know, our winner gets this, that nothing's wrong with it. So that's what we, I mean, we pick that up. We pack it. We, we crate it. Um, again, it went with an LTL carrier, and you got to think that that LTL carrier is going to take it off maybe two or three times between, uh, you know, California all the way up to Virginia. I think it went to um, it's going to come off and onto that truck a few times. So you really don't want it falling over or something happened where those those little pieces can break. Now, Michael Vincent, I don't know if you've ever seen a Christmas story, but I believe Stephen over <laughs> yes. here, he's the one who created that leg lamp that that is famous from the movie. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But stuff like this is kind of like that, right? Like how they receive that. Some people are just getting these to their houses. It's not all like freight to business. Although I imagine this one is. You're not going to put this in your kitchen. It's a microchip machinery. I got to imagine these are in high demand with the microchip shortage. Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. I mean, we've had a recent run on uh, these kinds of these big machines. I mean, obviously, you know, they're pretty big and heavy. I mean, that one's around 3000 pounds. Um, I mean, it has to be created. You have glass on the front where it has to be protected. This particular machine was going overseas. So um, they actually had, a, a you know, an option of what kind of packaging, like a VCI package where it's a vapor corrosion inhibitor. And we ended up using a, a, a barrier bag. Basically, it's a, you know, you put desiccant in the bottom of it. Um, you heat, uh, wrap that uh, onto the base and then you suck the air out of it uh, so that the uh, components inside don't get ruined by uh, ocean transport like water or anything like that. So we actually blocked and braced these. Uh, there was actually three of them that all went into a, con uh, you know, into a container. So we packed them, uh, you know, blocked and braced them in the container and then shipped them overseas. So. Yeah, you know, there's one yeah. that's really, really cool as well. Sure, I, I get that. I get that because you know the salt air and stuff like that. But what about just something as ba basic as stone moving yeah. a statue? That's really got to be something that's you know it seems sounds simple, but it's got to be hard. Yeah, you know, everybody, uh, brokers and people you've had on your show, it's always best to be transparent with a customer and explain things to a customer, like antiques and stone. I mean, we could pack that the greatest packing job you've ever seen. And there still could be a defect in the stone itself that would cause it to crack and break, right? Same thing with wood that's been around for 200 years, you know, an armoire, you know, it, 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 it has defects in the wood if you haven't oiled it over time. So it can actually break. So we've actually had, you know, something break where my customer called and said, you know, I'm not filing a claim with you at all because you use so much packaging in this. There's just, I understand why you told me up front that moving something old and fragile like stone or wood can result in cracks or breaks, even if you package it the best. So, you know, basically the guy said, I appreciate the way you packaged this. I mean, I couldn't have put any more foam and blocking and bracing in there to make sure this was correct. This didn't break. I'm just saying, you know, something, yeah. uh, you know, something in the past has happened before. So it's, it's always good to know what you're packaging, how you're going to package it and be transparent and tell the customer what could happen even with the best kind of packaging. Well, you know, compliance is a, is a component, too. Like, last year, Kim Kardashian, she imported an ancient Roman statue, Michael Vincent, that got sick. Well, she imported it in 2016. It was seized from her. There was a court case that it took forever for the court case. That was last year. <laughs> but she imported an ancient Roman statue, and it got seized because she didn't do the uh, right paperwork. It was probably created properly. There you though. go. I also got an airplane here, too. That, that, that looks like it could be a challenge. Yeah, that actually was one of those companies. There were eight hangers of airplane parts, um, and this company sold the entire company uh, to somebody over overseas. And so, um, you know, we we do projects where we go around the country. You know, I've been in 
all four corners within the past 30 days where this kind of job, hey, it's going to take a week. It's going to take five guys. We've got eight containers, eight hangers. It's all different commodities, screws, bolts, nuts, all the electrical that goes in there, all the windows that go in it, all the molding that creates the flame, the frame of the wings and the tail and all that stuff all needs to get packed and shipped. And then we have to come up with an estimate, how many containers it's going to take, mm. what kind of packing it's going to need. A lot of things need like slack crate, not a full crate. Some things need a full crate. Um so and then we, you know, like, you know, we, we, we get forklifts like that and we, we load the stuff in these containers. And uh, that's one of my employees, Mark. He always does that when I'm taking a picture. He jumps in front. The king of the photo bomb. <laughs> Steven. Yeah, I've got like 50 pictures of him doing that. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's the kind of stuff we do. I mean, if you have crazy project logistics, you know, you're, you're selling your whole company. and It's got to go across the country or overseas or something like that. I mean, we. I have teams that we specialize in that, you know, it's instead of trying to hire an agent up there and you're not sure if they're going to be able to do it. We actually will travel to the place and, and make sure that because the, the team's done it over and over and repetitively done it. So it's, it moves quicker. Uh, we understand what needs to be done. I mean, we take all these different commodities. Yeah. You know, I had somebody call me one time and say, Hey, we got 10 trucks, truck, truckloads of stuff. And I get over there and I, I, you know, measure everything out. And I go, no, I, I can probably get this in three truckloads. And I'm, I'm going to save you money because you're not going to spend for those other, other seven trucks. Sure enough. I mean, we, we packed the truck and the very last, the third truck was all the way to the back. Yeah. Get a tough package. You got a tough package. You're going to need packaging experts. When I need to move my Lego Titanic, I will reach out to you guys to Thank make sure all go. the pieces don't fall off today though. We usually <laughs> spin the wheel of stupid questions, but today we spin, we spun the wheel of good questions. And that question was, what is the severely out of date technology you're still forced to use regularly? Yeah, you know, my, my answer is the same as the other one, the fax machine. I can't, you know, how many people that's doing the truckload asked me for a fax machine. You know that um, post you did the other day with the pens? Yeah. The, 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 the place that's my the choice. Pens. That's my choice. I, my, fan, my hands have atrophied so much I can barely write anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I posted that, you know, I think that that's the same company that made him made the driver wait because the bill of lading, the ribbon ran out, ran out on their typewriter. Bring your own. This is a fussiness. Bring your own. Wait, you know. <laughs> Steven, thank you so much for your time. If people have a tough project, they need your help. Where do I send them? Uh, send them to gatewayot.com. So um, my email is my name, Steven, at gatewayot.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, obviously, I, you know, I post something pretty much every day. And uh, other than that, you can email me or just go to the website. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. Collect some more weird freight, and we'll have you back on uh, uh, next quarter or so. I enjoyed your time today. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. I enjoy your show. Thank Take you very much. Have a good Thank time, brother. All right, let's talk to a uh, co-founder of Semicab. It's Jagan Reddy. He's here with us right now. Uh, There's a beautiful, bright room. Nice bookshelf over there. Where are you sitting today, my friend? Well, thank you. I'm in uh, Denver, Colorado. Great to, great to uh, be here. Now, I was looking in your background, and was Shaq fever going on at LSU? I know that, like, I think you started right after his time there, but it was pretty close. I've seen him on the campus. Yeah, uh, he was. I think I had a a year overlap with him. Uh, seen him. Yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a spectacle, uh, as you can imagine, right? Being on the campus, walking uh, next to the guy. Um, yeah. Well, hey man, how tell us a little bit about how what's the elevator pitch on Semicab? Let's start there. Yeah. So um, you know, we're a digital freight model. Um, as you guys, um, you know, know there are a lot of models out there similar to, you know, they, they all talk about digital freight and how they're connecting shippers with carriers and, and 
what we what we um, what we're doing at SemiCab is is taking multiple shippers, large shippers networks, and aggregating them using our technology. And and then as as that aggregation of networks happens, we're able to optimize uh, that aggregate network to create round trips. Uh, efficient trips with low low empty miles that we can then give to carriers who are dedicating their trucks and drivers to us. So the net of it is for the for the shipper, it's um, it's contract capacity that's reliable at stable prices, and for the carrier, it's better ca- asset utilization and better um, um, better profits. Got it. So, uh, Jagan, welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, but how, how did you or, or why did you get involved with this? Why why found uh, SemiCab? Why did you get into this? So I've been in this space really all, all my career, uh, like other founders uh, of the team. Uh, 20 plus years uh, while built and, and uh, um, sold uh, businesses around um, transportation, uh, logistics solutions. Um, as, as, as we... You know, as we were going, as we as we were growing up professionally in the space, what we saw was as most solutions out there were very, you know, shipper centric or carrier centric, where shippers are looking at what's important for them, which is their lanes, uh, their locations, and their network, and they're looking for uh, capacity to move their freight from point A to point B that's timely at reasonable prices, and and carriers are saying, hey, driver retention is important to me. And I need to I need to make sure my assets are are highly utilized. We didn't see any model that brought it all together um, to create new efficiencies in the space. And, and the largest waste in the space is, is is empty miles. I know that's become a soundbite, but we didn't see anybody that's programmatically with optimization removing empty miles and creating benefits for the shipper and creating benefits for. Uh, for the carrier, and that's what prompted us to to get SemiCab off the ground. And uh, we've been in business for four years and doing really well. Good number of customers, um, large carriers in the network, um, making good progress. Yeah. So, how does it work exactly? I, I'm a shipper. I get involved. I'm, I'm a carrier. I get involved. What's sort of the experience there? What what is what, what is happening between these intermediaries on SemiCab? Yeah. Yeah. So for for a shipper, the way they do business. Um, Working with us requires no change. Uh, what we're doing is, as we as we start working with a with a, a shipper, a large retailer, large brand, or a distributor, we look at their entire network of locations and lanes. We bring uh, that network into the platform so that we can overlay their network with other shippers' networks uh, that we already have on the platform. So we can identify the lanes that fit our network. And in those lanes, we uh, commit to guaranteed capacity at contract prices for the length of the, the contract. And on the on the carrier side, as we are taking all these networks and overlapping them, that that's what results in these um, brown trips with uh, fewer empty miles. And that's what's attractive for the carrier to dedicate their trucks and drivers to us. Right, and then that's what leads to better utilization of assets, better carrier, uh, driver retention, and those types of things. 
Gotcha. So, Jagan, would this be uh, more towards the regular routing type of uh, shippers and or carriers versus the ad hoc or the irregular falling out of the routing guide type of stuff? Is that correct? Yeah, that's one difference that we have relative to our competition. It, this is all contract freight that we focus on. Um, we, we're not interested in any spot um, uh, conversations because there are a lot of models out there that that do that. Right. And And for us to do what we're doing to do the optimization, uh, there's, there has to be a level of, of predictability in lanes and volumes. And that's, that, that only happens, as you guys know, in contract. What are you seeing in your demand models right now? It's, it's one of the things that we, we um, you know, as we were getting semi-cap off the ground in 2018 was, was the volatility, right? The the pendulum swings, which happened for the shipper, um, which happened um, most of last year, um, to the carrier, which seems to be happening now, uh, where there is slack in demand. Um, demand has gone down substantially, and carriers are figuring out, hey, what's uh, what's next for me? Um, how do I uh, make sure I have access to freight, and and that allows me to continue to stay in business. Um, with our model, um, the, the, the core of the model is how do we smooth that volatility by, by taking contract freight and creating these. Oh, no, uh, I mean, um, Jagan, I, I just mean, what are you seeing like in the market right now? Not what it does, but like, what is your data actually showing you? Uh, it's we're so through all of the holiday season, as you guys know, into January, we saw a fairly high demand for, mm. for freight move from shippers. And we're, we're starting to see um, the, the downward trend yeah. of, of that demand where it becomes a, a buyer's market, whereas it was a seller's market last uh, most of last year. Yeah, yeah, which makes it even more, more more important for those carriers to get involved with something like this and make keep freight moving and be even more efficient. I always argue that in the down markets when people really lose their ass because they right. take their eye yeah. off the ball. They they take this breath and you can't. Now's the time to really, really, really get into it. Shall we ask him the wheel of good questions? I'm sure he I would think. know he's trying to solve some he's, problems. He's on the bleeding edge of technology, so I think our wheel of good questions got the perfect question for you. So, uh, Jagan, what is a severely outdated technology that you're still forced to use on a regular basis gosh that's um it's got to be a book um i still love uh, holding a book reading a book um yeah it may be severely outdated to you know my son who's 19 um but uh, but reading a book is still uh you know uh, an experience for me Okay. Yeah, he still enjoys a nice book. All go. right. Perfect stuff. It. If people want to reach out to Semicab, where do we send them to? Um, reach out to uh, me, uh, jagan.ready at semicab.com. Um, semicab.com is the, is the website that has a lot of uh, good information to, to you know, read and learn about what we're doing at Semicab. Good stuff. It's a, it's an, we're moving into a very interesting time in the market. A lot of people are going to be looking and changing sources. That, that always happens when, when the market shifts because the providers get blamed. Yeah. So it'll be interesting times out there. Good luck to you and everyone else. We appreciate your time today. All right. Thank, thanks, guys. Yep. Take it easy. Thanks, Jagan. With the growth of Loves and Speedco Nationwide Network, Tire Pass has evolved its delivery method, always meeting the needs of your drivers wherever they may need it. Whether in lane at Loves Travel Stops, inside a truck care or Speedco service center, or at an on-site terminal, making Tire Pass part of your driver's pre-trip inspection can inform them 
of any tire-related concerns, Michael Vincent. You're to learn more right. about this tire pass, where do they go? You got to go to uh, loves.com. You don't have to put the www dot in front of that. You don't anymore. have to anymore. Not it's anymore. Modern internet. Just go to loves.com. You're yeah. there. Transfix is modernizing the way freight moves nationwide. The Transfix intelligent freight platform combines a digital freight marketplace, intuitive software, and dedicated experts to drive performance for your modern supply chain. Get a free quote at tell them. Hey, go to transfix.io. Bring on that check, Carlton. He looks good over there right now, sitting over there, COO at Everything Kitchens. Although I said I'd give him a Michael Buffer, but I don't know. Wasn't in my head right now. Wasn't feeling <laughs> it. What's your shirt say, by the way? Smarter Every Day, a YouTube channel I support. I, well, I, I agree with that message. I haven't seen the, the YouTube channel, but I once had a professor tell me that you never get old if you keep learning every day. And I, that, that really stuck with me, especially my own Dorian Gray complexes and stuff. Uh, you know? I don't know. My knees and back would argue <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, introduce yourself to our lovely audience. What goes down at Everything Kitchens and in the life of Chad? I, uh, every day is a different day in the life of the COO at Everything Kitchens. We're a uh, 40 to $45 million direct-to-consumer Retailer started by my wife almost 20 years ago. We were a drop shipper and then we started taking inventory and fast forward, COVID was pretty good to us. We grew from 35 employees to 170 just in 2020. Then we decided to open up the 3PL side of our business. So um, we've got just a handful of clients for highly complex operations. I think we'll send uh, 750,000 packages this year, a couple million pieces. Wow, that's pretty good. You know, we were looking on on your site, and it's interesting you said that the, the pandemic was good for growth because people were getting home goods, sure. except in the really big and bulky site, things like washing machines, oven, stuff like mm. that. But I was looking on your site, and you didn't really go that big. Like, the, it's like you had KitchenAid mixers and stuff like that size, but you didn't have, like, full-on refrigerators. Correct. Anything that um, you can fit on the countertop or hold in your hands or cook with it, we sell it. 150 brands, 15,000 items. Uh, but nothing that requires professional installation. And very rarely are we sending something LTL, almost always small parcel. Yeah, so, Chad, something we uh, highlight here uh, a lot is, is mental health and bringing that to everybody's attention and how important that is and how open we really should yeah. be about that. A couple of weeks ago, you posted some, a thread on, on Twitter about that, about being open to your team and confronting mental health issues. You shared some of your own struggles. Uh, can we talk about that a little bit and, and why the decision Absolutely. to open up and bring that out to your employees? Because it was so obvious that I wasn't alone, but I had felt so alone myself. So I just decided to bring it up on uh, the floor on the heels of um, some pretty tough days coming out of um, Q4. You know, there's like this time when uh, you get through the Christmas rush uh, of the holidays and then everybody thinks they can take a breath. And the truth is it doesn't end for like three more weeks. Um, and those are generally the toughest days of the year. So I just decided to be vulnerable with the team, come out and let them know that this is something that had really helped me. And if they were looking for help, um, I could direct them to uh, some resources. You know, I really appreciate that, that you were public, like on Twitter with, with some of this journey. I've been very public with, with my own, with alcoholism and, and mental health. And one of the reasons I, I am is because someone I knew who I really looked up to was open about his journey. So I want to pay it forward as well. And I'm really glad I did. And I wonder if you have been getting these messages too. But once I started coming out with this stuff, I, people would reach out to me in private all the time. Now I'm giving people advice. Now they're giving me advice. Now I have a support group. It's not really a public support group, but it's this private support group and network of people who just, they either didn't feel heard or, or recognized for, for some of these issues and they didn't realize how big of a problem they could be. 
You're spot on, man. As soon as I posted that, the direct messages that came to me, I mean, I was absolutely flooded, not just with people who were offering support and and saying, you know, um, if you need anything, I'm here for you. But also, thank you for speaking out. You've encouraged me to go um, reach out for help. And I saw that uh, both on Twitter and I definitely saw that um, here at the company, a lot of people seeking aid. And the, the truth is, I don't know, man. I'm a I'm a relatively high performer. I'd like to think I surround myself with other high performers, and I incorrectly looked down my nose on uh, getting help, whether it was um, uh, just seeking some psychiatric uh, treatment through medicine or um, therapy, or um, just getting back to a, a better exercise regimen. But the uh, the benefits were, were so obvious that I was just silly for waiting as long as I did. Yeah, so Chad, I've been through the journey myself and still continue with that struggle almost on a, on a daily basis with anxiety and, and some depression that comes along with it. But uh, have you found that really opening up and talking about this has made you more productive and less prone to that anxiety because you feel a little bit better about helping other people and recognizing that? I, I've found that to be true. I, I do as well. I think going through the exercise of just taking your mental and emotional inventory more routinely helps you to be more acutely aware of, um, you know, I'm feeling irritable. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And is this is something that's within my control or is it not? And just reconciling. I think once you, uh, uh shine a light on it, you can actually more easily just kind of put it to bed and then, and then move on. I think that's right. I think that, with men too, and I don't want to like genderize this, but it's true in society, a lot of men, I think we self-stigmatize mental health issues. And I think we've all had, especially in logistics, we've all had those old school bosses that you wouldn't dare mention something like that because they would completely belittle you and tear you apart. It's the last thing you would want to let that type of boss know is that you have a weakness like that. And that's why I think it is so crucial and so important for leaders like yourself or people in positions with a microphone, if they have these kind of issues, to to be open with them a little bit because it does open doors and it really does help people in, in very meaningful ways. You're spot on. I appreciate that I have the opportunity to make my voice heard. And um, it's been very validating to uh, speak out and have other re- leaders also mention that this was a great thing that they did um, um, for their team. Now, we have a picture of something here. And if I was like feeling kind of down and I, I, I wasn't <laughs> feeling really good about things, I might want to take this and just start stabbing my garden. Can you tell us what we're looking at here? What is this death spork? <laughs> the murder the spork. death spork. Um, I love it. <laughs> uh, this is... Um, a shovel from the crazy beaver company um, that I bought to hook to the ceiling of um, the, the camper shell that I have on a, on, on a, a Toyota Tundra that I have that um, looks like it was made for surviving the zombie apocalypse. I, I love it. I love it. I was looking at, I was thinking I, I could turn that into a really nice ax guitar. You probably could. You, know you need what I'm that. To, now, how did this w- taste? We have, we're we're going to go. This is your life here. We got some green, <laughs> some green eggs. How did that come out? Green eggs and ham. Um, <laughs> did, is there? Do you have the picture of my daughter when I presented it to her? No, you know, uh, I didn't very, want to put your kid on air without without your permission. I wanted to blindside you with uh, the with the eggs. Yes. Um, you know, what? it tasted fine, but there was something in your mind you just can't get past it. There was it was inedible.
No, so do you remember when like Heinz had colored? They had, like purple ketchup and they oh, had yeah, green yeah, yeah. ketchup and yeah. they had green like at the beginning of the 2000s. Does it work? It didn't really work. Yeah, no. I'd put it on and it'd be like purple. No, no, no. And there's such a psychological thing to color that you don't really understand yeah. it. Yeah, right? no, we you, did those tests back in seventh grade psychology class, eighth grade, right? Purple bologna and stuff like that. It's nasty. No, that <laughs> let's let's frustrate you here. Let's show you a picture, and we're gonna oh. hook you up to uh, one of those mental analysis machines, and we'll and we'll see where your anxiety goes. Let's show this picture let's to go. him. All right, what, what's going oh on? Gosh. What's going on here? All right, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to throw shade at the culprit here because, um, by and large, the culprit is a great partner of ours. But um, as a, we became a 3PL about 18 months ago, and we we posited that uh, there was a great need for people who can treat delicate product, uh, um, products with the attention that they need, and particularly in um, fragile open stock um, uh, types of tableware. And I took this picture and I gathered our entire team around this truck that was accidentally dropped off to our location to be an empty where it was what it was supposed to was from one of the carrier facilities to another one of their own internal mm -hmm. carrier facilities. This is evidence of what a package goes through in its journey. We, we're only the first step of this, and it's probably going to see <laughs> three or four of these before it finally makes it to the customer. So um, the, whether it survives this journey is entirely up to how well we pack it because it's just out of our hands from there. Yeah, this is not proper uh, stacking technique. It looks like an OS&D trailer that I've received from a retailer before in my life where they just kind of toss it in there and, hey, now it's your issue, brother. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, yeah, the, some of that's expensive stuff, man. They're just, I would... Uh, it's absolutely Chip, what are you? So you're doing the 3PL now. You've been doing it for 18 months. What are you seeing on, on that side in terms of freight demand, securing capacity, direction rates are going what what are you feeling there and rates are up we uh, obviously there's uh, we mostly ship in small parcel you should oh, yeah. expect a 5 to 7% general rate increase every single year but then just on the heels of that general rate increase we saw fuel surcharges which typically oscillate around 7.5% up to 13.5% so all mm. in we're at like 12% net increase just over like a 60 day span the uh, over time, the market's um, prices to end consumers will reflect that. But in the near term, it's um, it's quite the squeeze, something that um, I don't think that we uh, predicted well enough. Yeah. So have you seen a big uptick in, in uh, or uptick in, de in demand for your your business as well over the pandemic with everybody going to e-commerce? Oh my gosh, the the uh, everythingkitchens.com direct to consumer side, we grew 400% just wow. in 2020, um, wow. which was pretty uh, which was pretty chaotic. Of course, it was one of these overnight successes 20 years in the making, so we were we were very <laughs> yeah. well positioned um, any, to take advantage of that. Any interesting item that sticks out as being the one that became popular? So we're like, well, yeah, what nobody needs that. What was the Who hero the of the pandemic, that, right? <laughs> yeah, um like homesteading product all of a sudden you're selling when uh, it was like y2k all over again people are buying these manual crank grain mills like <laughs> it, it, you're, you're just like you're not gonna do that but if it makes you feel better then um that's fine 
Yeah, you'll be over baking bread by the time that thing arrives. I mean, it's just easier to go to a bakery. I mean, after a while, like trust uh, me, it ends up under the sink on, on top of your George Foreman grill and your popcorn maker and all the and your and your uh, sure, the, your soda stream. Now, was this so? Was this all off your site, or are you on Amazon uh, as well? And is that as challenging as some of our guests have have told us? Like they've they've talked about like the lack of control sometimes they have with shipping and how Prime works, and it it just it's tough to wrap your head around, and things are changing all the time. The business is about 50-50, split between our site and uh, the rest of that is marketplace. We resell almost everything um, that we carry. So of those 150 brands and 15,000 products that we have on our site, probably 100 brands and 10,000 products are featured on marketplace. There's a spectrum of involvement that we have with the brands, some of we, which we represent exclusively. We do all of the block and tackling and, and merchandising. But um, back to your point, um, the... Barrier to entry to e-commerce is probably lower than it's ever been with Shopify arming the rebels. Anybody can jump on um, Amazon and uh, and sell product. But what goes overlooked is managing the great complexities to these marketplaces. And when uh, Amazon can be a, uh, just pointing them out, in particular, we sell on eBay, Walmart, a handful of other marketplaces too. Um Amazon can create great demand, but they they're kind of a um, they're kind of a lumbering giant that unintentionally creates some collateral damage just by bumping into things on their way toward whatever their um, their goal is. So um, I think as long as you have the right expectations that um, you need to be prepared to uh, manage those challenges and um, understand that it is a reactive game in uh, a lot of cases. And some of it is just making sure that you uh, roll with the punches and keep the wheels on um, the vehicle as it, as it goes down, then um, it can be a very rewarding um, place to sell. So Chad, over your, over your lengthy uh, career uh, through your business and becoming COO and in your three PL, you've interviewed a lot of people I'm sure over, over that time period, what is something that you really should never never say during a job interview on either side. What is something? Um, I don't, I don't have a clue. Here's what I would say. I bet I've said a lot of things I shouldn't have said in an interview. Um, should, should we ask I, some of the people who interviewed you? Um, the, uh, see, here's the thing about working for yourself. I think that most people end up working for themselves because they just can't get a job. So yeah. um, I didn't go through a lot of these traditional interviews. I got but, you. Um, I've been told I give a very non-traditional interview where um, I just kind of let them run with it. The I can tell you the best thing that I've done for an interview is to have them explain to me the hardest problem that they solved and just mm. let them go all the way through the weeds. And you can really um, watch somebody flex their expertise and aptitude through them explaining uh, a tough problem. Chad, Everything Kitchens is a bigger company than even Tesla and SpaceX. Now, you are the new richest man on Earth, and you have now bought a majority share in Twitter. What is the first change you're going to make? Hmm. I am going to add an edit button and, um, I am going to help facilitate 
donations to worthy causes more easily. Here's a shameless plug. Uh, every Sunday, I give away, um, sometimes it's like Cometeer coffee or it's something delicious to anybody who's willing to donate at least a dollar to a charity. And uh, you just go, jump on there, uh, retweet it, and and you get a chance to win, and I give coffee away. So find me on Twitter at Chad Carlton and uh, win yourself some coffee. But I wish it was easier than sending people off to these other sites. I know they have like a tip button for um uh, for 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 like Twitter power users. I wish I would install a way to uh, more easily donate to worthy cause. Nice, gotcha. yeah, more just better integration in some of these social <sighs> platforms. It does it does feel like there, there's so much now that it's so untethered. And it'd be nice if we could just bring some of that stuff together. Now, Mr. Supply Chain, Daniel Stanton, he wanted you to sing a song, but uh, we'll let you off the hook on that one. So we'll just ask you the Wheel of Good question for today, which was, Michael Vincent. Oh, it was. What was it? It was, uh, what is the most severely out-of-date technology that you're still forced to use on a regular basis? Okay, it's 2022, and getting on a conference call and having the right people muted and unmuted muted, and everybody joined and their microphones working, how is this still the hardest thing for us to get right? In the age of remote work, um, I think uh, I think crappy conference calls are, are probably the outdated thing I have to use the most. So actually, it's human beings. I mean, it's the human who's kind of responsible for for that mute thing. Yeah. So we are the outdated technology. <laughs> we're the outdated. Yeah, that's not a pet. Hey, Chad, we appreciate your time today, yeah. and, we, and we appreciate your candor. People who want to connect with you, they want to buy stuff from Everything Kitchens, or maybe they have a mental health concern, they want to talk to a smart leader like yourself. Where do I send them to? Twitter. Let's connect on Twitter, man. I love uh, my DMs are open. I'm always down to talk shop or to help anybody out. I'll, I'll return the favor. What's your handle? Let them know. I'm at Chad Carlton, C-A-R-L-E-T-O-N. Beautiful. Chad, thank you so much for your time today. Don't be a stranger. And thank you for coming on What the Truck for the first time. Adios. Take care, man. Peace. Thanks, Chad. That was good stuff. Let's get into a little big deal, little deal part two. So Let's do it. Big oh, yeah. We never did. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Try to be a little quicker today. Be quicker. All right, I think we have a video on this one, too. Let's roll this one. Driver, expe driver expertly enters the I-81 pileup. So last week, we saw the video of the driver yeah. who crashed into everything. The guy jumped out of the way. Horrible accident with a ton of injuries. In this video, we are looking at driver Johnny Haranda. Yesterday, or a week ago, he was, he was in sunny blue skies. Mm. He said, mm -hmm. out of nowhere, these snow squalls started to come in. They killed his uh, visibility. Um, again, this is an accident where six people died and 80 vehicles crashed. I think where he's eventually going to get to the crash here. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of a lead up. In, yeah, into I know. This I thought we here, that. But, uh, uh, fast forward this a little bit. And well, get I mean, it, it comes up uh, pretty, pretty quick there. It'll come up there. But um, here, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it, is. So here it comes. So here it is. So. I wish we could have saw there just a little bit backwards so we can see him come on there, just so you can see how quick these cars come up in these accident situations. But that was what we're trying to highlight here. This driver was doing the right thing, keeping the right speed. And, uh, yeah, he spoke right here to just how uh, how quickly those conditions can turn. They jump on you, and you got to be you got to be straight and around. This is a big deal uh, to get this, and this video is a big deal because it, it really shows people. You need to be educated here, and this is some of that stuff where you get the new CDL drivers and stuff like that that come in, and you know you got Swift that can get them without the trainers, and this stuff can can come up real quick. And if you're not used to this stuff in the Northeast, boy.
It'll no, drop yeah. you. It'll drop well, you that like road thing, that habit. stopping thing, it changes on you quick. And there's always that feeling when you're in a car when you're on that ice and those wheels just kind of like lock up. It's, there's this little rumbly feeling and you know that you're no longer in control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, feeling. you can feel it. It is the worst feeling. And uh, similarly, a Missouri State Police released this dash cam footage. I think we've got this next video here. Yeah. Check this oh, one this out right here. this is a right wild here. video. So you yeah. get two looks here as well. You're inside the cruiser and then out the front windshield, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're seeing both of these in a stop by the side of the road trying to be cool. This guy in front of him is trying to be cool sitting there. And watch this. Look at Check out this going on here. This car Ooh. goes by. One gets slammed in the side. Oh, truck. Oh, watch this wow. bus. Check a bus come up right here. Can we rewind that and hear that Boom. impact again? Can we hear that impact? Let's hear the impact on that one. because I, I mean, it's pretty stunning. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? It's just like, okay, you're on the side of the road. This is cool. We're going to see something else happen. Not so fast. This is... Uh, Completely. No, I'm trying to watch this time on the side to see exactly... Oh, no. He, it just looks like he was going That one quick. missed. There you go. I guess no sound came off that until the end. That truck hit you. And then this bus comes through and just, boom, takes that guy out there. Unbelievable. Missouri State Highway Patrol, when temperatures drop, road conditions will quickly worsen. Patrol urges drivers to not, uh, to not travel unless absolutely necessary during what was going on of there. Of course. Right there. Just, you got to be cool, man. You got to be cool. You got, you got to be cool. It's April. Cool. People are like, ah, it's April. It shouldn't be snowing. I mean, it's, you know, Mother Nature doesn't care. Now, you might not always get crashed into by a truck, but someone might punch you in the face with a chocolate bunny. <laughs> Look at this. Solid chocolate punny was used as a weapon in assault on a Brandon store clerk. According to CBC, officers were called Thursday afternoon after a man stole merchandise at a business on Victoria Avenue near 34th Street. This was in Manitoba. An uh, employee confronted the shoplifter. They said, put that chocolate bunny down. What do you think you're doing? And the person with the chocolate bunny took it and just smashed this person right. They just hit him <laughs> unmercifully with the chocolate bunny. And, you know, many of those may be hollow, but what you have to understand here is that it was inside... A package at the time, you know, so we had absorbed the cardboard. It was it, it was solid. As well as the chocolate bunny. It's almost Easter. Obviously, he didn't give up violence for Lent. <laughs> the man was released from custody and will appear in court on charge of assault and theft under five thousand dollars. You got to be careful in Manitoba. You, you can get a you can get a, a concealed permit to carry uh, concealed if carry permit for chocolate attack, bunnies. If you're going to attack someone with a uh, holiday themed candy, what would you use? A tax a frozen Charleston chew. Like a tree-shaped one? Yeah, no, just the straight Charleston chew. I mean, like a but pudding. That's you not, how is that a holiday out. candy? I said if you used a holiday Oh, candy. a specifically holiday candy. Yeah, I don't you know, know, like peanut butter cup, eggs, things like that. The egg would, I don't think the egg would work. I don't know. I would have to think about that a little bit more. A specific holiday. What is a specific holiday like candy other than Like peanut butter cup eggs. You got to go in the candy aisle more often yeah, on but, the holidays. Yeah, I like think what about Cadbury eggs? Those things are gross. Yeah, but, like I, but how are you going to hit them with that? I think the guy would have hit him with, uh, you know, uh, it just happened to be in his hand. Speaking of hitting, this is a near call oh, yeah, right here. Let's take a this. look at this jackass. In, uh, <laughs> check this jackass, jackass. So if you see this, this is in Seattle. You can see this big backup is what we're looking at. A couple cars, <laughs> not guy. as congested on the right-hand side of the road. Driving down. Oh, but oh, here it is. The, Mr. Tesla the... over here thinks he's going to uh, take the lane himself. Zoom past everybody with that electric uh, with that electric acceleration. I don't know if you can blame that on full, full, full self-driving. I think it might be the organic meat bag behind the wheel who made that decision. Yeah, he may have, maybe once you get on the wrong side of that yellow line, did he have it in like, maybe he was in England mode or something, you know, European well, mode where they drive on the wrong this, side? That dumb SOB probably shows up to every Zoom call muted. <laughs> he probably does, dude. I got a question for you, my friend. Have you yeah. ever flown into St. Bart's? I have not, but it looks wild. Check it out, dude. Are you even not even flying? It's pretty wild. Look at that. Whoa! No, it gets lower. Look at this. Oh, uh, 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 whoa. You, you know, mostly, you, sometimes you see people ducking and they really don't need to. Those people needed they to. Need they they really had close. to duck. They were going to lose their, uh, 
Like, do they not realize what happens if that wheel hits them? I, I, well, I think they do now. <laughs> <laughs> that, is it so? Is this like a tourist attraction though? Over at St. Bart's, people love it, to just it, stand it is, up there. And, and, unfortunately, it is. Uh, there are stop signs there. There's also a light that blinks. I've I've been there. I've done this. Uh, I have not stood there like a moron, uh, but uh, there was a time in my life where I definitely would have. But don't. <laughs> yeah, I might go look at it, but I don't know if I'd stand uh, directly. Actually, no. I shot the propeller like that. I don't yeah, know. That, no, that, that, uh, that's shocking to me. <laughs> Anyways, find me on Twitter, at Timothy Duner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Go get those tickets to Northwest Arkansas. March uh, 9th and 10th, live.freightwaves.com. Get them now. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, or look up Freightcast. You get every single Freightways podcast all in one feed. Download that Freightways TV app, and don't be a stranger. Tell me to be. Peace and love spread it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>